Welcome to the Reformist Pipeline, your dose of empowerment and the pipeline to inform your decisions on how you can support change in our education system. And this is Lindsay, affectionately known as Miss Blood. And I'm Hadi Hop, Mr. Broussard. If you're feeling loved, Lindsay, love, love, love. I love love. Yeah, you know, and it's, it feels good to be in a space in which you're single and still getting the love and feeling the, the from family, from friends, from an awe. I like, we like, I don't know, just like the last two weeks have been, woo, lots of highs and lots of lows. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and it's so ironic that we're talking about wellness today, um, just because I think that Monday was the first time in a long time that I took some time for myself. Um, I was proud of you. job, I was and proud that of was you. something that was a lot, but it was long, I'm not going to say long overdue, but it was something that I needed to do for me. Yeah. Um, and, and just being in... in I was glad that I found, because I know I'll be pushing you to make sure that you do the same thing. You really do. I wanted to make sure I was practicing what I preached, and I did not feel good on Sunday. And then, mm-hmm. like, I, I said, you know what? I need to take this time for me. And so this is just kind of like a call. I know we got a call to action later on, but also another call to action for everybody to just check on yourself and, like, make sure that you attend to yourself, especially educators right now. Like, we uh, are always positioned to be looking out for other folks checking on other folks and their families and so on and so forth, but check on you. You have to make sure that you are ready and willing to to be your best self. And if you can't do that for yourself, how are you going to be able to put and be on for others? As the amazing and phenomenal RuPaul always says at the end of RuPaul's Drag Race. Tell me. If you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? Can I get an amen? <laughs> amen. Okay. I going to love that. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of loving people, I'm in yes. such a great mood. I'm on fire right now, y'all. Yes, you are. So I love this we recording right, and you know our partner kicking it with Key. She yes. was just on. She had a live, and I try to have the lives on. And my friend Blake, Blake um, runs has an apparel line, right, a bag mm-hmm. line as well, size agency. As they were on live, y'all. Blake actually got contacted because he got information that Marseille Martin had posted a picture on Instagram with his sweatshirt on, and I was just ecstatic because I get happy when my friends win. Like, it's just a special type of feeling. Like, I love when a black man wins. Then I'm looking at Key like, sis, you Hmm. know he's always going to remember that he was on kicking it with Key when that moment happened, right? Hmm. Like, you were able to share that moment. It's just just amazing to have all gone to Howard University to have lived and drew and the quad (laughs) and here in 2020 during COVID, like, niggas is really up right now, bruh. Yes, we are. No, that's that's really big. And and a shout out, double shout out to Key because she definitely was on last week with her, not last week, but our last episode. Our last episode, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So she definitely is an, an amazing spirit, and just how she talks about the the manifestation. The manifestation. And I think that that is really the headspace that I have had to shift and had to remind myself of on Monday. Is it's about the energy. The energy that you put out is the energy that you're going to receive. And even when there are negative things that happen to you, not letting them take the whole of you. Like, that's a, a small fraction yeah. To, yeah. to positive things that have been happening. And mm-hmm. just like we talked about last or the last episode was the whole idea of waking up and breathing. Like, that's something that you should be proud of and be happy for. So, that's where I'm recentering myself. And something else we got to manifest? Yes, yes. A very successful, 
second season because this season hey, took the pipeline is coming to a close. We'd like to thank the listeners, everybody who subscribed or yes. told somebody to follow us. Have been like, hey, you know, my friend Lindsay has this podcast. That's been happening. We got lots of stuff coming. Websites coming. Got some holiday specials, some ways to specifically donate to teachers. We're going to actually have an Instagram page. Y'all can stop asking us about Instagram pages. Yes. And then I can make my page private again so I can go ahead and live my regular life. Oh, um, my God. You didn't tell me about that part. What? <laughs> when I made, I made my page private before we made that video, remember? Oh, yeah, The video yeah. about, like, earlier on about protect teachers. Yes, protect our educators. Yeah. Shout out to Clark who convinced me to make it public. But yes. I was on a hike, right? We come, I'm we walking down from the hike, and I'm like, oh, I gotta clean this up. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta clean this up, baby. <laughs> um, that baby, that okay. <laughs> so now I'm just like, yeah, my Halloween costume. I ain't, I ain't showed it to you yet, but I can't really show. I can't show it to the world, world, um, because of backlash. Uh, you know, I don't really care, but I'm supposed to. So I, I say all this to say. The Instagram page is coming so that the thirst traps can come online. <laughs> we love to see it. No, but shout out to everybody. We, we love y'all. Thank you so much for supporting us. Um, and can't wait for y'all to get this next episode. Cut the noise. Cut the noise. Cut the noise. If you're not tuning in to Kicking It With Keith, then you are surely missing out. He is a YouTuber, self-care enthusiast, an educator, hey, a queen of unboxings, and a lupus survivor. And Key is also one of my really good friends. Kicking It With Key focuses on sharing personal journeys to light the pathway for others through tips and hacks for everyday struggles. If you're interested in cutting the noise and living your very best life, tune in every other Sunday at 7 p.m. on YouTube. You can find Key on YouTube at Keon Cole. Let me spell it out for you. K-I-A-N-A-C-O-L-E. You can also find Kicking It With Key on Instagram at kickingitwithkey underscore. I'm going to spell that out for you too. K-I-C-K-I-N-I-T-W-I-T-H-K-I underscore. Join Key so you can also live your very best life. Our next segment is Two Sets of Notes. This is the section where we discuss a current event and its impact on us, education, as well as our students. This week, we're chatting about, yep, that 15th, the 19th, and the 26th Amendment. I'm going to give you all a second. Let's see who knows it. Because, <laughs> I'll be honest, I definitely have to look it all up. But, honestly, when it comes to these amendments, I forget which I forget what amendment goes with which right. And this is just a reminder that these amendments all have to do with voting. Here are a couple of facts about voting that are so important and want us to all know that we need to really get out and vote. Millennial voters will account for a third of eligible voters this election. That's definitely a lot. 40% of millennials identify as non-white, making us the most diverse voting generation in history, which means that we are definitely shattering records. And the last little point that I would like to add is more than 42% of voters failed to cast a ballot in the 2016 presidential election. So that just goes to show how we ended up here. So the point that I'm making here is it's so important for us to show up and our vote is so powerful and can control what happens in classrooms. It controls funding. It controls who will be elected and determine education policies. 
It determines who decides how our government spends our tax dollars. Will that money go to schools or will it go to building private prisons? I'm giving you these facts because there's a lot happening right now and voting can determine how systems can better support educators as well as students. If the response to this global pandemic, as well as the consistent racial injustices, that it's terminology time. And as you know, this is the segment in which we discuss a term that is commonly used within the education system. So our term today is social and emotional learning, also known as SEL. If you go in any school and say SEL, you're going to get some props, you're going to get some clout, because now you know the phrase. So social emotional learning is the process through which children and adults acquire and effectively apply the knowledge, attitudes, and skills necessary to understand and manage emotions, uh, set and achieve positive goals, and feel and show empathy for others, and just in general, establish and maintain positive relationships. There has been a huge, huge push in the last five to 10 years for academic rigor, and we've kind of been pushed away from the idea of teaching kids to be able to empathize or be able to manage their emotions or solve problems or make responsible decisions. And so social-emotional learning, there's a new way within schools now, and there's curriculum, there's daily conversations that are occurring in order for students to develop these skills. We are actually going to continue on with this conversation of social-emotional learning as we jump into that concept development. So get ready for that. Our concept development is, you know, the meat of the episode. We are going to get into a conversation that our amazing beloved friend Kiana Cole started with us last week about mindfulness. Today, we will be discussing an article that we discovered in the Heckinger Report that focuses on how schools are preparing for the mental health crisis that COVID has produced. So when I started reading this, I act, there was like a very specific quote that I wanted to like dive deep into because I felt, um, I felt it. So direct quote from the article, because we push anything at students academically, let's ask how they're doing with no unrealistic expectations that we can somehow solve all their problems or magically fix everything and make them all go away, but just a lot of acknowledgement, hmm. a lot of listening to kids and trying to get them the support they need. Woo, I felt that. I think they're like, the acknowledgement is just, it's just so real. And it, it sometimes feels uncomfortable, right? Because one, just as people, you want to... You want to fix people's problems. Yeah. But for sure, as a teacher, we're like programmed to be like, you need to fix it. You need to provide support. But a lot of it, because we're out of reach, I just, I can't help. I can't help them. I've learned a lot about um, kids and their problems in the chat box. Mm -hmm. And just be like, um, I asked, what did I ask them? It's like, oh, like if your movie was a, the movie about your life was a genre, what would the genre be? And some kids are like, I don't think this is a genre, but sad. And I'm like, damn. Hmm. Um, so one girl's telling me about her parents getting divorced and how, like, you know, she's just living a sad life right now. She's like, you know, but it's okay. I'm like, okay, well, thank you for sharing that with me. I actually, uh, was it two weeks ago? Mm -hmm. I was the first teacher that a student told that his mom had passed away over wow. the weekend. Wow. Yeah, I was, I had just texted her on Friday. I just texted her on Friday oh my gosh. and he was in class. He was just like, Hey, Miss Black, my camera's going to be off because I'm not really feeling it today. Cause my mom passed away. I said, what? And like, because it was so unbelievable and I don't like, I've just, I'm new to the school. Right. I was like, um, 
let me tell my front desk lady and our um, principal, they reached out, verified everything. Um, very sad. And then another student was like, my camera's going to be off. I, my mom just found out she has cancer. Hmm. So there's nothing I can do with these things, right? Even right. in a physical space. But that acknowledgement piece is super important that we're continuing to do that. Like, of course... Because pushing academics is important, period. But, yeah. like, some kids want the academics. That's why the student was there, you know, his mom passed away because he needed to, like, regulate, have some type of regulated system. Um, but acknowledgement, I feel like that's in the name of the game through COVID. Absolutely. And I think that, like, hey, that speaks volumes to the type of character and the rapport that you're able to build with your students so quickly. The fact that you're at a new school and they felt comfortable to tell you that, um, that's amazing because... I, this is like let's go back to the fact that this is the first time all of us are doing this for the first time like in any way shape or form ever in life um, teaching virtually to 7th grade students to 6th grade to kinder to pre-k to all all of the grades and so for them to feel comfortable to come to you um, and, and kind of talk to you about that their parents dying yeah. or someone getting cancer like that's deep and to feel heard and not only feel heard but be seen because I think that that's something that it's something that I think that we need to do a better job of practicing in schools um, is making sure that because I think that that was something there was some type of saying that people used to say, don't like be seen and not heard or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that's not I feel like as a black student, as a black child, that's oftentimes the type of perspective that we take Absolutely. in the classroom. And it's the complete opposite of what we actually should be doing. Uh, we should be audacious. We should be trying to be the first one to answer that question. And mm. I think I oftentimes wonder, had I been that person growing up, like, where would I be? But mm-hmm. circling back to, like, that circle, of the, the fact that you were able to build that rapport with your student, um, it is very important to have these conversations of acknowledgement and, more importantly, break away from the script because... And this is something I've been Please. talking about with like my free yourself, damn it, amen, my amazing colleague, and he's been talking about like this whole idea of structure and this whole idea of systems and like where it comes from. That's white supremacy, people. Like that oh, systems and these oh structures, like, they are built by it's everywhere. Culture. It really is. And so, if you can't break away from the script, what's the point? Like, yeah, how are point? you helping that person? And so, like this article definitely did speak to me, especially given like the past two weeks that I had, like I was talking about earlier, mm-hmm. um, just, it's just been a lot, but I think that it is very, very, very important, uh, to talk about, and to speak to the fact that acknowledgement is so important and be seen as well as be heard. Yeah. All of that, especially like breaking the script because this whole, the whole, since March we have the script, the script is broken. <laughs> okay. It's ripped up. It's burnt. <laughs> It's shredded. It's whatever you can do to damage a damn script, okay? So it really, it, it grinds it my gears when I be in, like, content meetings. They're like, oh, yeah, we do this and we do that, we do that. I'm like, no, sis, we did this. Right. We did that, past okay? Tense, yes. It's past tense. It's something different. Like, I'm not, what's great is that we, we don't, we're not really getting in trouble for getting off the script now. Yeah. So that, that's been kind of like a, a blessing. Not that I was going to be on the script anyway, because I don't care. Right. Um... But one thing that is off the script in comparison to, like, regular school, Los Angeles Unified School District and Baltimore City School District yes. are running hotlines to provide yep. guidance and, and connections to connect families to services that they might need. 
Um, other schools across the nation are offering grief training to teachers, counseling them on how to recognize signs of distress and encourage them to attend their own uh, attend to their own emotional well-being. And then some people are setting up like virtual wellness rooms. While I think these are all good ideas, we should have been focused on social Amen. emotional learning. Amen. Get the hell out of here with that. Amen. We should have been doing that. Yeah. Oh, now you want to do grief training? Do you know how many students and people die to gun violence just in D.C.? Alone, yeah. And now, well, I mean, granted, we're not doing grief training. Uh, we haven't done that. Even right. Like, even this year, we've had a kid in the network pass away. But now we want to do it because COVID is here. And it's so frustrating because... I, this should have been happening, right? right and so now y'all are trying to fly the plane while you build it with social mm. emotional learning, and that's not that's not how it's supposed to happen. And then on top of that, wellness rooms. We had a damn uh, a PD today, hmm. and the woman, she's a nice lady, very monotone, but very nice lady. <laughs> I don't know why we need to meet. Like we don't need to meet virtually for wellness. Right. I'm. I. I'm not sorry. We don't need to meet virtually for wellness. Mm-hmm. She's in there talking about how we can create calm down corners on in the Zoom classrooms, Jahai. Okay. Ah. Mind you, I only have class for an hour. What what do they need to calm down from? Right. I'm sitting here like the calm they calm down by by not showing up to class, okay? Right. They calm down by not having their camera on. I'm just like, what do you mean? Like, oh, you can create a breakout room and put them in the room. Oh, you could play the yoga. They could do the like, she's showing us freaking uh not Minecraft. What's the thing? Roblox? No. No, Fortnite. Fortnite. For, yeah, it wasn't, ah. wasn't the same category, but she's showing us Fortnite yoga um like yoga. And I'm like, that's all great and dandy. What do you think I'm doing with the hour though? I was though? just about to say. What breakout room do you think I'm going to put in a kid? How do I can how can I right. tell they're they're not calm? Like right. I'm working on engagement in the lesson. Right. Like that's all a good idea, but I'm also one te- What? No, yeah. get out of here. That's We're new. not I'm not doing a calm down corner that in a virtual space. New. And it's frustrating me and my homegirls because <laughs> Sorry. No, no, but that is hilarious though because <laughs> A, that just took me back to <laughs> our teaching days where we would give us a start to students. So that's what you just reminded me of. Hi. But <laughs> no, but it is very frustrating. And I, I think that we have to be, we gotta be practical. Like that's the first yes, thing. Practical and I, mindfulness. And I think that that's what I appreciated about the fact that like what you were doing with your students, right? Like Starting and throwing away the script and talking about like talking, having spaces of conversation so that your students able to figure out how they even feel and are able to address their emotions. And that's something else that we don't get to talk about also is like now there's like this big push for social emotional learning. We're investing in curriculum. And like you said, these were things that we should have been doing a long time ago. Because how are you teaching it through a screen? And that's a great question. How and, and picking up on these cues and then like. How are people like, and I, I think that that's what the article spoke to about also is like, there haven't been a lot of studies that have been done about like what fatigue and what anxiety and what depression, what do all of these things look like exhibited in children In children while they're learning? Mm-hmm. And so if you're not having these conversations and these students don't have that rapport with their teacher, then like, who are they becoming in these moments? They too busy talking about anti-racist practices. Uh, yeah. And I'm sitting here like black people live oftentimes live in a state of depression. And now y'all want to talk about right. it. It's like you want it. It frustrates me because 
you want to talk about Chadwick Boseman passing away. You want to talk about um, the death of Breonna Taylor. And, uh, and like, honestly, a slew of people, unfortunately, like, yeah. over the years. But we've never talked about depression. Yeah. We've never talked about, like, every time I notice when black kids write poetry hmm. or, like, in the class, it's always about gun violence. It's always about... Uh, police brutality it's always about being black right yes and i'm like that's their outlet to talk about it great but we don't talk about the emotions that are attached to that like it's crazy that anytime you give a student the opportunity to speak their mind they're talking about the same things right yeah right but those same things bring up emotions (sighs) yeah and and i think that we really do like need to listen this is not Throw out the curriculum. Like, let's just allow the students to talk. Let's just allow the students, like... I don't know if we can throw it out. <laughs> no, no, no. I talk okay. about the SEL curriculum oh. because I think that... Let me be a little more specific. I, I think that we sometimes get so caught up in trying to overcomplicate things. Yeah. And as opposed to just saying, you know what? Like, today, it, it really just was a rough day. Let's just sit down and let's talk. And ask those questions. I, I keep going back to that because that's, that's key. You're doing something that I know a lot of educators just probably are haven't even thought of and so like even having a space to bounce that idea off and say hey ask them how this ask them about a genre like Mm -hmm. that that's like something that not everyone is doing Mm -hmm. and i hope that that's that someone listening on the other side of this is taking that away if nothing else like just switch it up don't overthink it don't overcomplicate it but also like get teachers that can relate to the students get culturally relevant pedagogy and educators because it is hard for becky with the good hair to come to this school in war seven of dc and go off script it might be uncomfortable she might be incapable of doing it she might do a good job right she very well might not very well i don't want to say very well might but she might absolutely do a good job. So those are just my thoughts on that piece. And, and, and I think that, like, this is the, the brunt of it for me is that they talked about in the article, like, finally, there's this realization that academics may have to take the backseat to alleviate mental health challenges and concerns. And it's like, wow, oh it takes a global... It takes dual pandemics to take okay. the, like, the racial injustices that have been going on in our world. And mind you, that was going on pre this pandemic as well. But and as well as a global pandemic, a global health pandemic. Right. For us to realize that, oh, no, like we actually should make sure that a student is exper- isn't experiencing anxiety, depression um, and, or exhibiting different behaviors because they're hungry. Like we mm-hmm. should tap into that first mm-hmm. and understand that first so that then the student is able to show up and learn. Mm-hmm. But until that, until we learn how to do a better job of that, as opposed to just trying to like force down content or force a student to fold their hands or force a student to sit up straight, like until we do the basic, the bare minimum to make sure that the student is ready to be a student that day, yeah, where will we get? Uh, I don't know. Because then we could also talk about the flip of that, right? Because mm-hmm. I think sometimes our conversations are like... uh opportunity deficit driven Mm -hmm, and i mm -hmm, say that mm -hmm. because there's a flip side to us needing to put academics on the back burner for mental health because i went to a very affluent school that was like white and asian dominant we were right across the street from stanford so we talking about applying to schools like kids are like stressed we actually had a slew um of back-to-back suicide because hmm. we had a train that was right next to right that runs right through the city right so it was like 
a su- it was like back to back suicides yeah. week after week because of academics. And th- these are just what the articles have said, right? The academics right. and the pressure from the parents. And so that is another reason, like be- beyond, like across the board. I just wanted to make that clear for all yeah. of our listeners who may not, do not uh, have experience within our systems that across the board, uh, putting mental health first can help people in all cultures and representative of all ethnicities. Yeah. And, and I think the, there was something else that like stuck out to me. And I think it was this whole idea of the standards of like, and and going back to like this, this whole ranking system, this whole title, like we get so caught up in these societal measures and these societal norms. And as opposed to just thinking like, what, like, how can you just show up and be you? Cause all of you going to Stanford, like you getting into these like highly prestigious schools, like that means nothing if you can't be who you truly are. Exactly. And I think that like lost. we in, in life in general, like we are on this like never ending journey or I think that we need to do a better job of being on a journey to find your purpose mm-hmm. and grounding yourself in that purpose so that you can like fulfill that. And it, I think that that takes away like the societal pressures and yeah. Me specifically, like even in what I do, like talent acquisition and like recruiting and selecting people, like that is something that I'm passionate about. Mm-hmm, but that's do. not something that I thought like was a career. Like I thought about like, and I know that we probably talk about this all the time, but I thought about becoming the doctor. We thought about becoming a lawyer. Like we, but what about other professions that actually drive who I want to actually become right. because of the purpose, the, the person who I am, like mm-hmm. different morals and values and things that were instilled in me as a child. Mm-hmm. So like, how can we have more conversations that focus students to, to, to think about that as opposed to these dreams that we really are not having full conversations about. Um, and we're hanging these things above, dangling like this carrot over their head. Oh, go try to become this basketball player. Oh, go, but what are the, the chances? What are the odds? And, and, and when in reality, that may actually not even be something that they're actually interested and that's, in. That's the point, too. And that's something that we need to do a better job mm-hmm. of as well. Yeah. So I, I think, ugh. I'm thinking about, out. it's interesting. One, your haircut looks really good. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I keep <laughs> like, looking at it. You know, your hair is probably got to the side, too. Okay. okay I'm here. <laughs> um, but I'm thinking about Rihanna. I was thinking about her fashion yeah, show. Yes. Even though she offended the Muslim culture, I would like, yeah, I don't sweet. think enough people are talking about that. Yeah, but yeah. okay. Um, but I'm thinking about Rihanna and everybody's so mad she's not doing music, but she's clearly passionate about fashion. Absolutely. You know? That's what she's passionate about. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was just my thought. <laughs> no, no, no. no. It, but that's important though, right? Like that, enough of that is not happening. I think that we, the reason as to why we start society, we lose ourselves. Like yeah. when you stop chasing your purpose and when you start grounding yourselves in society's idea of your purpose, that's when you, I think you start to question and you start to experience all types of all types of things. Because I, I kid you not, like, I remember my first year in the classroom and just thinking back to that, like, the trauma that I experienced and the things that I was doing that just, like, were not okay. Like, the amount of work that I was doing, getting off from one job, going to babysit. Uh, some days I'm not they babysitting, were so I'm going cute. to class. I know. I love <gasps> uh, Shout out to um, Ryan and James. Love them. Love that whole family. Today. So cute. But, um, like, just... Doing those things, that was not okay. And to to look back at it, I can say that now, but someone should have been <laughs> not look back at it. it. I can't not. No, Ooh. but somebody should have I, I just wish somebody would have tapped me on shoulder and be like, yo, like this is just not good. But you wouldn't have listened, but yeah. I, I wouldn't have. But you wish that why, it was instilled in you. 
Absolutely. Yeah. But the, my idea is, is that I have to make sure that I'm building a name for myself as well as for my family. Like my parents have sacrificed too much to get me to where I am today. And like, I have to continue to build on this, this legacy. Mm. And, and whereas now I'm like, yeah, I can do that, but there's going to be a, a different process that I'm going to take. I'm going to take the, the road in which I'm actually able to look at, on my, look at myself and, yeah. and take care of myself in the process. Mm-hmm. That really got me. Like, Sonia did too much for me to fold because hmm. I'm tired or hmm. I to fold because I didn't say no. You know what I'm saying? Not yeah. because I'm incapable of doing it, but because I overwhelmed myself. Yep. Hell no. Yeah. Hell it's just not no. fair. I won't let that happen, Mom. <laughs> Period, Pooh. Shout it out. Um, Shout it out. So there was also a study that was referred to um, that talked yes. about more than 2,300 kids who endured home confinement during the pandemic in Hubei province, China, found that nearly 23% reported symptoms of depression and ne- nearly 19% reported experiencing anxiety. Now, in my head, I was like, you know, when we we oftentimes play this numbers game and detach the numbers from people. Hmm. So initially I was like, oh, those numbers aren't as great as I thought it was. Like, right? Right. But then I broke it down because I'm a math teacher. teacher. Okay, come through, <laughs> baby. Yeah. You're talking about proportionality here. Come and so on, that's, talk what, to that's me. what percentages are. Talk to me. So when I looked at that, in my classroom, right, if my classroom is 30 students, okay. that would be seven kids with depression. Six kids with anxiety. And of course, this data does not include the the second pandemic of the killing of black lives and the impact that that has on black students that I teach. And children's capacity to regulate their emotions affects their ability to learn, right? Absolutely. So that right there is almost 50% of the class that... It has something emotional going on that they're unable to regulate. Therefore, 50% of the class is not going to learn at the same pace. At least 50% of the class is not going to learn at the same pace. Um, That was just very interesting. And another reason as to, like, why we do need to put these mindfulness and wellness practices at the forefront because we're not going to be able to perform at a highest capacity. At all. If we don't. At all. At all. And, and I think that gets to the, the next, the, the U.S. stat that was presented. But I think that, the, and then take this with a grain of salt, because in this report, they say explicitly, like, not enough work has been done to truly understand who is suffering. Like, who's going through? And then I think, like Lindsay was saying, like, we are currently experiencing dual pandemics. But I, I want to kind of underscore this fact. Like, Black people, the trauma that we experienced, we've been experiencing before 2020, 2019, and we've been enduring this for a a minute, okay? And so I think it's just now being brought to light. It's finally on the surface for people to finally wake up and realize that racism, what, still exists. And and so, like, I think that we need to, I think that, I, I need white people to understand that you gotta do more. You have to do more. We cannot continue to do this work for you. Mm-mm. And so, like, thank you for waking up in 2020, but this is something that <laughs> I've been experiencing for 26 years myself. So let's figure this out. Or, no, y'all need to figure yeah, this yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, I- yeah. I'm tired of continuing to try to, like, make it seem as if these systems that we are a part of are have been built for us, but they have not. Mm-hmm. And so the, the stat that I was getting to is it says that one in five children experience a, a mental health challenge such as anxiety, depression, or a behavioral problem in a given year. And that's a U.S. statistic. Mm. And so mm. I think oftentimes in special education, and, and just like you were saying, just based off of what you, the same study or with uh, the Hubei province, 
that still is applicable. And, and why are these numbers so high? And it's because we're not trying to educate the whole the whole child. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going from this perspective of academics first and human beings second. And especially mm-hmm. in lower income and lower socioeconomic status communities. That like that's a problem. It's a major problem. It's absolutely a major problem. And like now with this financial crisis hmm. and talking about, well, what are we going to cut first? And people potentially counselors could be cut like people that support SEL because of that. Yes. And I would just like to say that all those people that was talking shit hmm. about Chicago public school teachers who went on strike. Right. And all those people who did not condemn the people that fucking spit on them just hmm. because they were living their life. You, I hope, are reflecting if you fall in that category because yeah. that's one of the things that those teachers were striking for. Yep. And now it ain't no strike. It's just everybody can't go in and we still need the same things. Nothing and now, now the tables have turned now Absolutely. that you're, you're willing to, to listen because everything is shut down. I just had to get that mm-hmm. off my chest. No, and that's important. Like we, uh, a financial crisis, let me be clear also, a financial crisis was already looming in general. And being more specific, when we're thinking about schools, that is something that was even, that's something that's more pervasive. Like funding still has not been allocated to give to schools so that they can get the proper PPE, the proper resources that they need. Funding is not going to be given to schools in this climate, even though they're starting to, and have been, putting teachers back into the classroom. So when we talk about this whole financial crisis, like that's been the situation before the pandemic. And so you would think that there would be some type of like effort where we would be pouring money into it, but that's not what's happening. Like if anything is the complete opposite and we're taking money away from uh, already a system that's already depleted of money. Mm -hmm. And so we're asking about, or we're talking about this idea that one in five children are going to have uh, behavior problems and anxiety and depression, but the resources that we're allocating towards that, that there aren't any. <laughs> Sorry, it's not funny. It's really not funny, but like, <laughs> but like for real. it's all a joke at this point. Yeah. And so we, you wonder why we, we say that like education is actually one of the most undervalued profession. And, and this is it. This is why. Because back in March, I remember like it was yesterday. I remember how everyone was singing the praises of educators <laughs> and talking about the educators are the greatest in the land and speaking about how you all need to be uh, revered and for all of what for you everything. do paid more oh my goodness I can't wait for my kids to go get out of my house and get back into schools but where is that talk now we are still waiting for uh, a, a budget to be passed so that money can or a bill to be passed so that there's some type of stimulus funding for mm-hmm. educators in the education system that's already been depleted of all of its funds. We got to do more. We got to do we better. We got to do more. We just have to, we have to want more. We have to talk about, we just have to continue to talk about it. People like just get over it and then we fall into this everlasting cycle of like negativity like, I really had a parent damn near cuss me out about her kid not making it to class because she was assuming that I was like, it's like, my kid is very intelligent. My kid does this. And I was like, I'm listening to seven minutes in 26 seconds. She'll, <laughs> she'll never hear my voice on the phone again, baby. I don't do that. I don't play the disrespect. I'm going to be professional and Absolutely. not respond to your ass. Right? Absolutely. 
But you'll you'll <laughs> never get a call from me. Okay. We can text. We can we right. text, but somebody else gonna call you. Protect your peace. But my thing is like when I'm thinking deeper into this, she was obviously projecting her stress, yeah. her anxiety, her whatever yeah. was going on, right? Because she was telling me she has seven kids and she's yeah. still like going to to work. And I'm like, yeah, I totally understand that. It can be super frustrating that like your kid is not making it to class. But why is your kid not making it to class if it's six people, six kids in the in the house, like? There's some conversations you need to have. And if you're talking about you got in his ass, like she's like, oh, no, I'm in the hands of him. Okay. Hmm. But he's still not coming to class. So is there something deeper? Because right. this could easily be, oh, I'm depressed. So I just right. come to things that immediately give me joy. I don't have energy to get to those things. But we do need to be able to have more and more of those conversations. Yeah. And I think what's important to note, and this was just to like sum this all up because we can really go on for days absolutely and we're not really this wasn't a, an episode to provide solutions no. we're just you know no, no, no. putting it out there mental health we were, yeah ah. <laughs> um in the article there's a quote and i really felt this there's no blueprint or examples of how this can be done but we know it has to be done we have to get it done because kids have to learn yes and that really is our bottom line and this isn't kids have to learn we have to stuff them with work this is kids have to learn and if they're unable to regulate their emotions they're unable to learn therefore we have to figure out what the blueprint is going to be moving forward and there's no better time than now This week's call to action is for you to register to vote as well as to vote. I must say, shout out to me. I'm going to pat myself on the back <laughs> because I did turn in my mail-in ballot this week um, on Monday. And I know that there's a lot of kind of hysteria that's going around this conversation about how do you vote, where do you vote, and all that good stuff. We definitely will have some links, so please feel free to go to our bios um, and get all the information that you need from wherever you are in the country. Um, to make sure that you're registered to vote and make sure that you vote. Let's make it happy, y'all. I know. I. That's all. That's all. That's all. That's all. That's all. <laughs> um, and in the meantime, while you vote in, you could be standing in line looking at me or Hottie's Instagram pages. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can find Hottie at H A D Y H A D. Um, you can find me at Mama Liz Two Two M A M A L I N D S Two Two. Remember, we have a Twitter page, so if you want to retweet us. TRP Advocates is where it's at. And thank you for listening. Thank you for um, being mindful because yes. I know that listening to a podcast can be a mindfulness practice if you're really like fully engaged in it. So we appreciate you doing that with us. Please remember yes. to keep educators, students, and families in your minds and in your blessings. Um, and with that, peace, love, and light, y'all. Hootie hoo!